Hey guys, brand new podcast, and it's a favorite. It's outdoors. It's in person. You're gonna love it. Uh, it's with my buddy Todd Glass. If you don't know, Todd Glass is just he's just an amazing comic, but he's more around an amazing person. And we sit outside. I think I have a drink. I think he has a drink too. I think we both had a cocktail. Didn't smoke a joint, and we have a great conversation just about comedy and about these TikTok kids we're obsessed with. And uh, fuck it, let's get to the podcast. Nothing to promote. New Bill Burt, always out. New Two Bears, One Cave. I love you. Have a great week. Without further ado, my buddy Todd Glass. This is. So ready to jump into this podcast with you. I am too. I have, Dude. I have notes. Oh, fuck yeah. Can I tell you how how special of a person you are? Aww. My wife and my daughters, we all pulled up together. We were burying a chicken. We've had chickens and they've been uh, killed now, all of them, by, uh, by a, it doesn't matter, a raccoon or something. Wait, chick, where are the chickens? At your old place? <laughs> At my old place. You're still living there? Yeah, yeah, we still live there. We're, we're just working on this place. And so... um. So we're burying all the chickens, and uh, Leanne goes, oh, Todd's here. Should we invite him back? I bet Todd would be really great in a moment like this Aww. to say some nice words about the chickens. And I went, not a lot of comics my wife would invite to a chicken burial. Uh, you I, know what? Things like that melt my heart. Well, I'm no, but not going to be who, afraid to say that phrase anymore. I used to be, but I was, the truth is sometimes things just melt my heart. Oh, I have... I get uh, heart melty very easily these days. <laughs> I know, right? Dude, I'm like... Uh, I, you know, what's so funny is I don't feel I've kind of cheers, Todd. It's good to see yeah. you, brother. Um, well, like that sip. Um, I don't, uh, I don't get outraged, um, very easily. I don't get upset or offended very easily. And I actually have kind of bit my tongue a lot lately because I'm like, I don't think I'm a good, I'm, I think I'm a good person, but like, but I've always been at the front of the curve of learning. Like I was talking, we were, obviously we, you know, we buried the chicken and then the girls go, do we know Todd? And I was like, I, I think you've met him. And I tried to explain, you know, Todd's the reason I, I changed a lot of the words I say. And they're like, huh? And then I was like, yeah, Todd, you know, said this, these words do affect people and, and it makes people feel like shit. Why would you want to make someone feel like shit? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, how old were you when were you guys in high school together? And I was like, oh no, I was in my forties. Yeah. Well, me, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, it, when I was driving here, number one, there's, I'm overload right now. and talking to you, like your house, just, just, I love the process. Oh, Leanne wanted to doing. take you through and go, oh. I wanted to get Todd's insights. Cause should we put a sink here? Todd's the guy that would know I, that. I can tell by looking at the house that you think you already know what you guys are doing. This thing <laughs> is just fucking ridiculous. Anybody can build a big house. Yeah. That's not hard to do, but to build it with character and see ah, more. That makes me feel good, Todd. Yeah. Uh, this is, but anyway, back to what you said, you know, I learned a lot of that stuff and you know, whenever you say anything a lot, I, I've say what I'm about to say to you a lot. So I ask myself, well, why? Yeah. You know, why am I saying this? Like Jay Leno infamously said, I want to make sure I'm not doing that. You know, I don't spend my Tonight Show money. And I always wonder, yeah. why is he saying that? Not that he said it a lot. I love this. There's a reason he's saying that. Yeah. We tried to guess. Um, maybe he just wants to think himself more as a comic. Mm -hmm. You know, like I don't spend my Tonight Show money. I just spend my comedian. So at, at my heart, I'm still a comedian. I don't yeah. even spend this money. 
okay, so for me, I say the same thing. Why are you saying this? And I don't think it's said enough on my end. And those words, um, I don't stop using them angrily. I don't, I'm not mad that I had to stop, nor would I be if I had four kids and I became, you could still be a great parent on your first kid, but a better, better parent later. Yeah. If you went to counseling and would you go to counseling and go, oh, I'm not allowed to call my son fat anymore when I get mad. When I was a kid, <laughs> my dad said things and now you can't do it. That's how everyone stops verbiage. A lot of yeah. times it's because they had to. I'm not angry that I had to stop. I remember when I was 20 you, I can still have an edge. I can still, that's the thing. People think, well, you won't be able to be, crass is funny. Yeah. All those things are funny. I still think they're funny. You can be crass without punching the wrong people. Yeah. And I was 25 when someone said, a comedian by the name of Dwayne Cunningham, there was a phrase and he saw me laughing at another comedian. And then I think I said it, it was a stock line. If somebody dropped something, you said, oh, what is one of Jerry's kids here? And- Again, back then, the reaction, if you got corrected on that, for most people would have been, oh, God, it's just a phrase. It's just, but yeah. I understood what he said. He goes, no, they're not, they have just, that's, you know, you can do better than that. Yeah. And um, and I use the word retarded, and I, you can do better than that. You, you're a wordsmith. You're a comedian. You can do better than that. And I dropped it out of my lexicon. It took a while, but I wasn't angry. And I think when you hear a lot of people today say, you can't say anything anymore. I think it's because they're limiting themselves. In other words, if you didn't drop words out of your act happily, then put them back. Yeah. Because you're only fucking it up for yourself and everybody. And you show me a comedian that says well, you can't say anything anymore. And I think, oh, there's some words he stopped, but not happily. Yeah. And that's their choice. That's their choice. Because you won't go to jail. You get a lot of people complaining. You get, But all those words and I appreciate you saying that and you know I watched you on oh it was a podcast um where it's somebody's house mom's house your it's mom's house your mom's yeah, house yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know that, that again that melted my heart you guys had a very uh, a very I thought intelligent conversation you made me feel like oh I did say it in a way that it affected oh, yeah. you you and and um and uh and also uh who else was Tom. on that Tom Sigura, Tom Christina who? Christina, his wife. Christina, Christina his yeah. wife. And and the only one who I see and I always have a good time with, but you can tell how much people get that they don't want to be on the wrong side of this. But who's the other guy that was there? I know him well. I'm just drawing a blank on know, his name. He helps out with the Tony Hinchcliffe podcast. Red Band. Red Band, you could tell. Even after you all three articulately said it, he goes, yeah, but that's more on Todd, right? And you guys went, well, mm, not the way he said it. He pretty yeah. cleanly said it to give a second thought. And he just, because, you know, it's easier to think the things you're doing are right. It's less work. It's less yeah. work. Oh, it's a lot less work to just yeah. go, yeah, I'm right. It's righteous. Righteous, um, it's, righteous feels fucking really good. It's less work. You know, I don't want to learn these new things. I, they're hard for me, too, but you know, it's okay. I don't mind learning new things. And yeah. I think it makes you a better comic. And um, again, not angrily. I'm not mad that things have to change, you know? So I appreciate you saying that. I well, really no, do appreciate you saying that. And I don't mind, I don't mind looking back at my catalog and going, oh, there's shit I, I'm not, I'm not in love with anymore. I'm a little embarrassed of. I don't mind that. But like, I, but in the writing, you should take a look at what you're doing and go, 
Oh, yeah, that, I, I can do better than that. You should want to. Yeah, I know I just, keep repeating just, yeah. the same thing, but why are you angry? And, you know, I figured out if you show me someone that's angry, they're probably dealing with the same thing in their everyday life. You're not the best husband you could be. You're not the best significant other. You're not yeah. the best dad. You're not the best mom. Because we're just talking about, like, just we learn new things. We learn communication tools. And I don't do it, like I said, begrudgingly. I'm, you know, I look back on my old work always. Yeah. And by the way, I am very well aware that if I was more high profile, like if I got a, you know, a show that was, you know, prime yeah. time, they'd go through my body of work and they would find stuff. <laughs> but so, oh, so yeah. I'm not delusional. I'm not <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. I know they would. And, but the difference is I hope I fantasize what I would say. Like I have a new show and it comes out. But what I'd be able to say is, I, I thought about it very long and hard. What would you say if that happened to you? Ooh, that's a good question. And I would say, a lot of people ask, are you embarrassed you got caught? This is me may pretending I'm on, you know, whatever yeah, yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that. Are you embarrassed you got caught or do you feel bad for saying it? And I'd say both, both. I wish I could go scrub the internet. But I'm not asking anyone to trust me. I'm going to make this so simple. Well, I'm a different person today. And it sounds like they read it. And it's like, I'd go, do me a favor. Go listen to my podcast, six or seven episodes. I might even put some up that I think will make it easier when I, and you'll know I'm a different person. Yeah. And, and a lot of people that go, oh, that was 20 years ago. That was 10 years ago. Yeah. But most cases, the problem is you're the same person. Yeah, we know that was 20 years ago, but your current work doesn't say, and this cancel culture, I'm, I don't agree with it. I'm going to, if I, if I die, you're going to know it's because I, 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 I cut my head off Yeah. because cancel culture. Yeah. I don't always agree with it, but what it means is, you know, it's like if you don't eat at Burger King and someone goes, why are you trying to cancel Burger King? I'm not. I just don't like it anymore. Yeah. I don't like that person. I don't like their act. I like to I care about comedy, but I also care about humanity. And if I love someone's comedy, but they're just hey, it's not like they have a joke about the mall. I don't like I don't give a shit. But a lot of times they're social jokes. They're jokes where you're punching people that are already having a difficult time. But again, I always end off this way. If that's what you want to do, do it. Yeah. But I think a lot of them, and they apologize angrily. I already apologized. I apologized this for two years ago. And I go, oh, you didn't apologize from your heart. You know how? <laughs> because you'd be happy to talk about it again. Yeah. I know some comedians if I and stuff I did in my act. If I was asked it five times, but then I was at a radio station in Philadelphia, and they go, hey, you know, you might not want to bring this up. I go, oh, no, thank you for bringing it up. I wish I could scrub the internet. I said that 20 years ago. Yeah. And thank you for giving me the opportunity. I wouldn't be angry. And by the way, and and I, I hope you don't mind if I pivot into a, Please. um This has something to do with both of us. And I love that you saw this. You know, when you're, someone says the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Yeah. And sure enough, if you're socially fall off the wagon, then you comedically fall off the wagon. When you think, oh, there's no one funny anymore. Comedy's not what it used to be. Yeah. It's because you don't know where to look. Mm -hmm. That's what, you know what? That's what, um, I remember there were comedians when I started in the 80s uh, that said to Steve Allen, you know who Steve Allen is. Yeah. He, would, he, would, he would go, oh, there's no comedy anymore. Yeah, because he watched what was on television and, you know, and, and he just thought there was no good comedy anymore. Now, was he right years later? Was there any good comedy in the 80s? Of course there was. Yeah, yeah. And we're not going to look back in 2050 and go, remember 2021, there was no good comedy. It's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. And... You just don't know where to look. Same thing with music. If you if there's no good music, you just don't know where to look. 
and I saw you tweet a few. Uh, his name is uh, Jaden Jaden Williams, and you said, "What's the boy?" You were trying to show your wife what's the boy who did that video on Vine where he cuts his hair and then he talks to himself in yeah. the future. Oh yeah. Well, I saw the same thing, and I went. I thought the same thing. I thought, you know how we look back at Vine compilations? They were funny. They were fucking awesome. But at the time, a lot of people went, you can't be funny. if it. But you look back, a lot of people, and I think with Twitter, we thought it was all just like, you know, it's Twitter. They're, they're pranking their parents. They're doing... Because because most everything sucks. Yeah. Most lawyers suck. Most comedians suck. Yeah. But you have to know where to look. And I thought so. When I saw uh, Jaden um, uh, Jaden um, Williams do that, I started to look down the, down like other people. Like who's he friends with? Yeah. And there's some great stuff on uh, not Twitter. Uh, also, um, a uh, TikTok. A TikTok. Dude. And I wrote down, uh, then I started looking at, well, Carter, Carter Hambley. I wrote the names down because I wanted hey, to remember Grab me them. my phone, Andrew. We grab me my phone? And you might as well bring the rest of that Blanton's out. I'm going to top this off. And Ben Marshall. I started looking at Ben Marshall stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you just don't, you have to, because that thing, go back to uh, Jaden. It's how the, funny, what, like, it's don't. It's so much better than, I, I got to be honest with you, man. I hope Jaden's listening to this. I have spent, I, I was on television for like nine years. Uh, on travel, no offense to anyone I worked with at travel, we'd spent, I think, about $250,000 per show. And never in, in nine years of making television did I ever make anything that is as good as that, that thing he made with his cell phone. With it's, his cell phone. It's so great. I mean, and, I, had a, I would actually argue I have not ever made anything that good ever. And I've released four specials. <laughs> I mean, like, I was so impressed by that. And I kept, and then I couldn't get my wife to pay attention to it. Like, she wouldn't, my wife doesn't. Like because it's TikTok, she just goes, "Oh, it's got to be stupid," and I'm like, "Well, I thought the same thing." I just oh, I thought, have my phone, Andrew. I know, I know that there's great stuff on Instagram, and I know yeah. there's, but when I saw him do that, and number one, you think, "Well, it's just one video," but I, you know what I thought? And then again, I started to look at other people, and I thought, "Oh, this guy's funny, and this guy's funny." Um, uh, if he did that, then, then he's. There's greatness in him. Just, oh, there's greatness in him. And that one thing, I texted my manager. I was like, half kidding, half serious. I go, watch this guy be so big and I'll feel like an idiot. Yeah, yeah, Todd, he's already got a net deal with Netflix. Yeah. I said, you should manage this kid. I, you know, I, you yeah. should manage this kid because, and then, but the bigger issue for me and why I'm bringing it up, yeah, it's nice to throw some love somebody's way, but I thought you were falling off the wagon. You didn't know. Like, if you want to know where Sketch is, you know, yeah. when I meet people that haven't seen I Think You Should Leave, I go, oh, then you need to watch that so you don't end up in a foolish situation going, yeah, sketch isn't what it used to be. Yeah. Because you're going to end up, if you don't know what's going on, you end up in fool, you end up looking, like I told my brother once, I said, Spencer, you know why you shouldn't say there's no good music anymore? Because if you're around someone that knows a lot about music, they'll know you didn't come to that conclusion because you knew what was happening. It would be yeah. different if my brother goes, I go out five nights a week to check out new bands. And I'll yeah. tell you what, I go early to see the five bands that open for them. I know what's going on. Okay, at least then you'd be surprised and you didn't see anything. But you say there's no good music. They know you didn't do that. Dude. You you don't know where to go for new music. You're 50 years old now. So <laughs> you just don't know what's going on. You don't know. I dated a younger guy and I always knew there was new good music, but about two years ago, he's he knows what I like, so he's putting all this stuff in front of me. And I'm like, oh my God. There's so much great new music that it's overwhelming. Oh, it's, I, I, 
I, it's akin to showing someone great comedy that they've never seen. Um, uh, Brian Regan has a bit on his new special about why he doesn't help animals. And it's because they don't say thank you. He's like, anytime you see these guys trying to get a horse out of a ditch, they spend all day getting it out of the ditch. The second it gets out of the ditch, it just takes off running. Doesn't stop at the edge of the forest and rear back and go, hey. <laughs> and I just thought it was such a great, like, I was like, I was like, oh, it's a, it's a good bit, right? And so I played it for my daughters and they just started laughing hysterically. They're like, who is him? Who is he? I go, it's Brian Regan. You've, you've actually met him. Like, he's been in our house. And they're like, he's great. And I was like, oh, yeah. Just for the record, you haven't seen his earlier stuff, which is going to blow your fucking mind. And then you go, that's right. I last night said, um, they don't make rock the way they used to. And I said, and it, as I got home, I thought, that's not accurate. Gish isn't the greatest rock song ever. Smashing Pumpkins isn't the greatest rock band. I remember smoking cigarettes, doing ecstasy, listening to Gish in a Honda Accord in Tallahassee, driving down Tennessee Street, just blowing and going, this is, I'm going, oh, I, I miss being a kid again. I miss. Hey, you know what? I, I used to say the same thing. Get comfortable with death or you're going to end up saying things because you know what okay they're younger their skin is better they have thicker hair so if you can believe well at least i was born when comedy and music was better okay but you weren't and that's not no. to shit on music from a long time ago i mean of course we're looking at the best of the best there was great music but i know there's people listening right now right yeah. now bert going now i know there's new good music but it's not good even if i could give you a pill that would make you forget that you saw a performer that you're talking about and go see them now. A pill just makes you forget. Everything else is the same. You just don't remember seeing this group. I, yeah. It erases that group out of your, your imagination. Now, I'm not saying you wouldn't see them and go, wow, they're good. Yeah. But the pill, you don't know who they are. I take you to see them. You're now, whatever age you are, let's say you're you're, you're 55. Uh -huh. I take you to see this group. You took the pill. You just don't remember who they are. You're not going to enjoy that group like you did when you were 18 no. because you had all the promise in the world ahead of you. All your dreams were still maybe going to happen. Yeah. So even if you saw the group you like, you would not like them as a 55-year-old anymore. But it's just delusional. And by the way, if I thought it was okay, it's just music we're talking about, comedy. No, this adage of the kids today, I think it is the most crippling thing as a society. I think it's, it does more damage than heroin and drugs. It's the, it's the drug of what? It's the drug of complacency. And the kids aren't smarter than they used to be. And let me tell you something. The way I get on the right side of an issue is not by putting what's on the plate to dissect it like yeah. oh did you hear this comedian got in trouble for this on twitter and i have to no 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 or what this group wants whenever i found out what a group wants whether it's non-binary people or whether it's women's rights or whether it's gay rights or black rights i i don't have to go what look at what's on the table look what's on the plate now i look at the history there's some algorithms and facts to opinions and i go back and i look at the history no matter what you take and there's always okay now they're asking for too much like, you know, whatever the group was, it doesn't matter. And, and you call them now they're out of control. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever. But 30 years later, not what they, sh not, there's, there's some things everyone thought, no, black people should be able to use the but same restaurant. But water fountains, or, or I mean, water fountains, our lips are on that. We might as well be making out with or, them. <laughs> right. Or, you know then, what, yeah. when they got all right with that, and this was called now they're going too fucking far. Okay. There's, 
I'm going to give you one example, but there's 30. And I call it the now they're gone too far. And at that point, even civil people that went, I'm fine. I march so black people should use the same restaurant as us. Oh, my God, I'm not a monster if the can, yeah. we can't all eat together. But now they now it's like marriage and dating. And I'm sorry, I'm not a monster. Now, 30 years later. You look at every group. Go back and look at the, what I call the group. Now they want That's too much. Really interesting. Go back and look and and tell me one time what you thought. Now they want too much. When years later you're like, oh God, it's just what they deserved. It's like when you talk about. Uh, I remember gay marriage. I, I gay homosexuality is something that in my life I've seen play out from taboo to to just. I don't even think it. Maybe it does raise an eye with some people, but I don't. But when I was a kid, I remember seeing on 2020, first time I ever saw two dudes have their hands in their back pockets. And I was like, I was like, what's that? And my dad's like, oh, they're it's gay people. And it was right around when AIDS was coming out. Like it, it was the same thing. And I remember growing up, friends, homophobia was, I don't think it was called homophobia. I just thought it was like, like no one except accepted homosexuality it, it, like none of my friends the the joke was you if you did this then you're gay and then you're like oh i'm not gay you know and so and then to see where we are today to think that that like when they go well what if they if people were legit said so what if they can get married you can just marry a dog yeah you know and, what I, and real then, quick that was like a, that was a real thing people said that was a real thing you know what i used to say proud of myself because I'm a guy that'll chomp at the bit and get into a detailed conversation when it's very quick. I go, oh, I can I can end this real quick instead of going, well, I don't think they'll marry their dog because blah, 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 blah. I mean, Todd Glass would talk for an hour. If I go, oh, if they like gay people marry, they're going to marry their dog. I go, okay. Will I shut you up? Because I don't really care. <laughs> I don't care if anyone marries a dog. And I used to have a joke in my act. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If you date a golden retriever or any dog, you're never going to go back to humans. Because you're never going to be. No one's going to go, my, my Newfoundland would not judge me if I ate pizza at three in the morning. You're never going to. So there is an amount. There is, a, there is an amount of forgiveness. A dog delivers something. A human has no capability. Yeah. And if you're telling me sexually, a dog could offer me what my wife gave me. <laughs> Sexually, and it was acceptable. You're never gonna, you're never I'm gonna never get out of a human being what you get out of a Newfoundland. You know, oh my God. I mean, so you know what? So for my own sake, so I don't feel like I talked about this too much. I, I just learned a lot when I've been doing comedy for years. And I have to ask myself, Todd, you've what I'm telling you right now, I get it. I'm going to get on, no, as clear as I think I'm saying it. I'm yeah. going to, if I go read the comments and I'm going to tell you 75% of the time, I don't read comments, but 25% of the time I do. I get caught every now and I then. get caught and I'm not going to say I don't cause I do. Yeah. And I'm going to read them and I'm going to go, Oh, I thought I made myself clear with that. I'm not into putting any limitations on what comedians should be able to do. Yeah. But, if I can change somebody from, because they want to, because what I say makes sense. Because let me tell you something. If any comedian hears what I say and they, and they, it makes sense to them, they don't have to change the comedian to who they are. Not at all. Yeah. They're just angry at different things. Who you are stays the same. Your style won't have to change. You just won't, you won't want to go after, like, like I said, you know, whatever group we look at the past, whether it's women's rights, whatever group we go back and we look, whatever they wanted, even when it was now they're out of control. If you looked at the now they're out of control list, yeah, you would read through. You go, oh, that was 1960. That was people. That, 
Yeah, now it looks just, so when I, my, my brother goes, and I loved it, he goes, you operate like an emergency room nurse or doctor. When, when the non-binary issue comes along and they go, they want this, they want that, I go, give them what they want. And somebody could hypothetically go, why? Because yeah. you totally understand it? No, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll learn on the other side because I know that once I learn it, I won't go, oh, I learned it for nothing. They didn't deserve it that. I don't get it at all. And you know but what? I know that whatever I know. they're asking for is going to be acceptable. It's going to be acceptable. So, so why deprive them and make them hurt for one second? That's Give them what so they want. And now I'll go learn about it. Because you know what? I, the non-binary thing, I still don't understand it, but I do, underst I do understand this. What's wrong with shredding the confines of sexuality? What's wrong with just shredding the confines yeah. of sexuality? For, for people that are straight, for people that are gay. And I thought about it. I go, you know, there's a few opportunities in life where you get to prove, if you ask somebody, hey, would you like to believe that you could change your opinion if the right facts were put ahead of you? Certain things you shouldn't change your opinion on. Yeah. Like, I don't believe in, let's say, I don't want to lose more fans now. I don't believe in any, any hitting with kids, spanking, anything. I don't believe in hitting kids. Any at all. Well, any I, I at never all. hit my kids. So I, I just, stand, I can only show you my, my behaviors and my behaviors are all over the map in life. But I don't drink and drive. I don't hit my kids. Those are two things I have absolutes mm -hmm. on. It's hard. I get it. So, so, um, hold on. Go back to what we were just saying about, oh, about, um, I was going to make a point with, oh, so that's something I should stick to my guns on. I don't have to go, well, at this point, I am now made my decision on that. And right. I won't waste your time. If you go, Todd, can I tell you the opposing view when kids do need to be hit? I would go, out of respect to you, I've made my decision. And I don't. But everything else, you get to ask yourself, can you, most people say, hey, can you, not on everything, can you undo a thought process you had? And that most people are not going to want to go, now because they know that doesn't make them look everybody wants. yeah 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 and there's then there's those moments where that's going to come and it's you're going to have to prove it and maybe it's a little cocky of me to say this but i'm going to give you one of those moments what if all you knew about the non-binary thing because everyone has anecdotal stories is that the right word yeah there everyone always had anecdotal stories to get in the way of somebody's rights now they're trying to tell two-year-old kids they can be gay. All right, that, that story's been going around. Now they want to give injections for ki kids going through transition therapy. Transition, they want to get four years old. We, we've heard that a million times. Yeah. And, and, and even if it is true, it's not the norm. And, 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 and it, so, so why is some, so with the non-binary thing, I was just driving down the street one day. I didn't understand it. I went, you know, and I hope I understand it, explain it to you well, what I came to. I'm curious, someone that identifies that way, if they think I did a good job. Now they'll hear this. I thought, number one, shred the confines of sexuality. Just, just, I thought, you know, we have like, there's so many things in this world. Like there's a, there's a, a tree and then there's eight, there's 15 types of that tree. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a beetle, but there's 40 types of that beetle. There's chromosomes. Like there's, there's one, but then there's so many different. What are the odds with, with human humans and nature? We went, okay, we'll have, we want everyone to live a comfortable life. So we'll have uh, guys and girls and uh, we're done. Everybody should be able to fit into the, one of those categories and live a healthy, happy life. Yeah. Now, if that, if, if you're not hearing this now going, oh, that sort of makes sense. It's good if you can identify and fit into one of those categories easy, but a lot of people don't. So why are you so afraid to shred the confines of what we know and you'll live a better life, even if you're a straight white guy? Yeah. Can't you shred the confines of what you're able to do within I think, those? I think here's what I, th I think that happens is that 
I'm I'm not speaking for myself, but I'm a little more. I don't mean this uh, arrogant, but I'm a, I'm a lot more open minded than the average person. In that, my dad raised me that I was always wrong. Like that, whenever whatever argument I had with my dad, it started with "you're wrong." My dad would to this day, if I say a fact or if I say an opinion, he'll take the opposite side and then convince me I'm wrong, and then tell me I was right, but teach me. Don't be so fucking closed-minded. Listen, everyone. So I have, I have a weird trigger with this. But I think what happens, and I know that this happened with, like, the non-binary thing with my daughter was... It's confusing, by the way. I'll, I'll just interject you real confusing. quick. I get it's confusing. And it, and it also starts with being told you're wrong. Like, when... So, like, so say you say you, you don't think... Say, say you're just sitting there like me. Say I will use me as an example because that's a safe place to land. And, and the first time I hear about non-binary and I go, wait, what? Or pronouns. And I go... We talking about pronouns, like it's proper English. I I would call the, wait, what are you talking about? Like, and then having someone take a stance on, on what you 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 could call, is is a little bit of a slippery slope, but stand firmly and tell you no, you're wrong, and what you're doing is a hate crime. And then all of a sudden, like th that, you're sitting there going, hold on one second, I'm in my living room, I'm not, I'm having a drink, we're watching TV, uh, uh, what was. Elliot Page just transitioned, and now I'm wrong because I I just found out about and and then all of a sudden that's where I think the majority of people stand, where I I think that sometimes the I've been trying to work a bit about this and by the way everything I ever think about is always bit located like so if I offend you realize I'm always trying to get there and I'm not getting on stage a lot these days so so but like um, defund the police like the the way they said defund the police. I, I think less of it was to fix the problem, more of it was to agitate, to 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 start the thing, to so start the thing. You gotta you gotta stick fucking. If you want people to listen, you can't just say I think we should reappropriate funds. No, no one's gonna listen. Whatever that that will not, not take. Defund the police. You stick the flag in the ground, and everyone's like, "What the fuck did you just say?" And they're like, "Now we've had, now we started the conversation." So I think what happens is a lot of these a lot of these people that are getting upset about it aren't ready to have the conversation and are on the side that they're already wrong. And then I think they get, then they dig their heels in the ground. You're like, like when you talk about binary issues, I identify as a, as a bro. Like I am a bro true and true, but I'm a very sensitive dude who has, n I have no scope of like, I work better with women. I, I work much better with women in a business sense. Um, I, I'm not a guy that like, Hey, check out the tits on this one. I'm not, I've never been that guy. And I'm actually a little bit bothered by my, like when people do that, I'm like, all right, man, uh, you don't, don't just assume that I can just like, I've never been that way. And had you said to me growing up, yo, you don't have to identify as just a something. If you, you had said the playing field's like this now it's 180 degrees. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I think there's a lot of people that are going, I, I was never given that freedom. I don't want to know about that freedom and, 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 and going, I don't know what I'd identify as. I probably would identify. I mean, I guess I'd stay what I am, but like, I just, those were never open for me. Right. And like, I wasn't like a conversation to have ever in my life. So I just am the way I am. And, and, and I think that scares people a little bit is that I go, wait, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm quote unquote normal. I don't want my kids to have all wait. Well, what do I want my kids to be like me? You know, that, I think that's what people think. This podcast is brought to you by liquid IV every morning in Serbia. When I'm here shooting, I like to run five miles in the morning. I also like to drink a bottle of wine at night, kind of detox from my day. 
The best thing I can do when I wake up is crack a liquid IV. Liquid IV can provide two to three times more hydration than just water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than the average orange, and more potassium, and that's cramping and muscle soreness for me, than a banana. It's healthier than those sugary sport drinks with no added, added artificial flavors or preservatives, and less sugar than an apple. Made with clean ingredients, non-GMO, vegan, and gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free. I'm telling you, it's super easy. It, it opens up, you pour it in your water, it tastes fantastic. They've got lemon lime, acacia berry, passion fruit, guava, watermelon, apple pie, and strawberry. Grab your liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco where you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the promo code BERT at checkout. That is 25% off anything you order when you get better hydration today using the promo code BERT at liquidiv.com. This podcast is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Last summer, I was hit up by the dudes at Bird Dogs. And they're like, hey, man, we should work together. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. And they're like, let's, just, let's send you some shorts. And we ended up not working together. But let me tell you something. These shorts were my favorite shorts all summer. They dried quick. They looked stylish. I like that they you could get them in a little shorter thigh length. I thought short shot thigh lengths were, were, going, were going on. And I'm a little bummed that I'm not going to the lake with my girls and wearing my American flag bird dogs on 4th of July. I love those pants. I loved all their pants. They've got a ton of styles. I've got, I think some like seersucker. I think that's the blue striped ones. I, that's the only bathing suits I wear. Well, I'd wear that in Speedos. But when you're going to hang out with your girls and you're going to barbecue and you want to go in the water, but you want to come out, stay dry, but you also want a little support, these are the pants for you. If you thought rubber clogs were good, listen to this giveaway. Go to birddogs.com and enter the code BERT and they'll throw in a free Bird Dogs Whistle Tip Football. Remember those Nerf Vortex Howler footballs that whistle when you throw them? Those, the football, can you can literally throw a mile. That's birddog.com and use the promo code BERT and boom. A free Bird Dog Whistle Tip Football with your pair of bird dogs. You will not take these things off all summer. I do promise you that. Bird dogs. It's funny you say about your kids because when, first of all, out of paranoia, a lot of yeah. paranoia with Todd Glass, is someone listening to this go, well, what does this have to do with comedy? Well, if you fall off the wagon, you know when people go getting doing comedy is like riding a bike? Yeah. Someone said the other day it's not. I go, I think it is. Unless during that 20-year period you stopped doing it, you weren't socially advancing. Yeah. Then you go back to it. I just, remember when they came after Sarah, when Sarah first said, um, uh, I, I, cause Sarah, for people that don't know, Sarah has always been a punch in the dick comic, like not no holds barred across the board. And then she was like, I don't know. I'm willing to listen. And everyone's like, Oh, great. They thought, you know, that's why when comedians say back in the eighties, there were rebels. Now I'm not saying I'm right, but I'm offering it to you. At least it should bend your ear. I have a new theory. Yeah. I go, Hey, if what I say isn't right, if it doesn't bend your ear, then why don't you just go ahead and say you're not willing to to even give yeah. it food for oh, thought? I, I want I want to hear every opposing view yes. I ever have. I love that. And, I love that more than anything. And here's what I say about you know uh, you know as far as Sarah you know changing her view or going you know if you're not oh shit I had my thought you said Sarah she changed Sarah, her. Sarah said I I'll listen to the Gen Z or whatever I'll listen to these college kids and when they say things because it's funny. It's funny. What happened was Sarah was such a... Oh, a, I got go it. Ahead, go ahead. Say it. That 
a lot of times people feel, come on, in the 80s, comedians were rebels and they were, and now they're just like, yeah, because the ones that are rebels now, you disagree with. So you think of yourself as I tell the truth and I'm open-minded and I'm fair. Someone says something you don't agree with, you think, instead of thinking, oh my God, that I sort of fall off evolving, it's easier for you to think, no, the, so when you want to know where the rebels are of comedy or the ones that, you know what I mean, we say stuff where they, they, they're the, probably the ones you're angry at. Yeah. Because they're not saying what you agree with. So how could they be the rebel if the people being aware oh, wow. and people changing their opinions and people, you know. Because that shines the light back on you. If you've been this rebel follower and then the people that you thought were the rebels change their opinion, then all of a sudden you're on the other side of the fence. And then you don't want to believe that you, it's like, it's like someone <laughs> that saying got old. that you got old. <laughs> You know, and they give their resume and we all do it. Yeah. But the problem with giving your resume is that would be a great resume. What I mean by resume is I was OK with this. I was OK with gay marriage 20 years ago. That would be a great thing to do if it meant because you were socially right. on the Forget about you weren't. You were right 20 years ago. You were. I'll even yeah. give it to you. That would be great to do that if me if you couldn't fall off the wagon socially. So we're like going, yeah, you were 20 years ago, but you know, even if I'm wrong, I'm at least saying to you, but you are aware you can be a non-alcoholic and not drink and then start drinking. You can't yeah, go, yeah. what do you mean I'm an alcoholic? I didn't drink when I was 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. I didn't drink when I was 30. Yeah, I know. You became an alcoholic at 50. Yeah. So you're giving your resume as this thing. We're all going to go close case. If you weren't, if you were socially aware 20 years ago, you must be right now. Argue the argument, but it's anyway. Look, I think I will say this. I know when I say this, it's because I want I know some of my comedian friends forget about people I don't think are funny. Some of yeah. my friends I think are funny and I watch them. You know, I've been doing this a long time, almost 40 years. And I've watched people that I really like forget about the comedians I don't like, the ones I like. And once you go, once you don't think comedy is good today or you say that ah, it's all falling apart, you're done. You're done. Even if you're right, you're done. You'll be angry and right. Great. You'll be, <laughs> you'll be angry, angry and right, and right yeah. you see, even if you're right even if you're right so you'll be angry and right so it gives and most comedians have not given what I say a listen because let me tell you so if they went literally laying in bed at night me or anybody else who's like me not because I think I'm the perfect I make yeah. a lot of mistakes and in some areas you know other people help me become a better person in this area of comedy I think I have something to offer people have helped me over the years be a better comic but if you're not laying in bed at night as a comic going, could Todd be right? Could I be, could he be off? Right? Yeah, just could. could. Could he be right? Could I be that off? Like, am I wrong here? Am I, you know, my favorite thing is go, everyone's so sensitive. And I always want to go, are you sure it's not you? Yeah. Be, and you think, what does what we're talking about have to do with comedy for my own paranoia? Because it all has to do with comedy. We talk about these things, you know? And um, I'm obsessed with these things. And like they'll I make in, you a better comic and I they'll make in, you a better human being. I laid in bed today obsessing over uh, Sarah's apology to Paris Hilton. Because I thought, I, in my head, I thought, I got to figure out. Here's the deal. I don't, I don't care. Not care is a bad word. because That sounds... Apathy is just whoo that drink, yeah, right? Hey, Good. we do have Andrew. Can you grab me uh, one of those food fights in there? Um, 
I, uh, it's not the, I don't care. I want to get to the bottom of, of where I feel, where my heart is. So like, I've, I, this sounds so silly to say, but I've always been a fan of Paris Hilton's. I don't know. For whatever reason, I showed up in New York when the Hilton sisters were blowing up. And, uh, and I remember hearing people talk about the Hilton sisters. And I thought that was kind of cool when you hear about like, when, I don't, I don't know. I, I just growing up in Tampa, I never didn't know that that, that was like, kind of like hearing about royalty or whatever. And then when I moved out to LA, they were all over. And then in a real weird way, you're like showing up and you're like, and they're like, Paris Hilton was just here. And you're like, oh, cool. So I didn't really have a problem with Paris Hilton. And then, and I, and I didn't follow her career enough to be someone slamming her. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure I've said stuff bad about Paris Hilton in the past, just because that's what everyone was doing at the time. It was lazy. It was like, let's attack her. And then, you know, and then if you're someone like Sarah, you got put on this platform where the whole thing is to shit on celebrities and you jump in, you shit on Paris. But it's so interesting for me to hear how cancel culture shifted and, and now people are upset that people are, were mean to, and I was like, I was like, do I think Sarah should apologize if she felt that? Yeah, a hundred percent. If she felt that that, and then to know that she wrote her letter and that Paris never got the letter, I was like, yeah, that that definitely. But I was like, I was like, does everyone forget how they were treating this woman? And like, and by the way, for the cases where I'm not always agreeing with the outcry, there's times yeah. when the outcry, you know, if somebody goes, I was at a show last night, they made fun of my hat. I'll go get over it. But the outcry yeah. isn't always wrong, is what my point. No, I yeah. listen. I remember. I remember having a joke about there was a place in 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 my neighborhood where they let a kids come into um uh it was it was called like I forget the name it was like a taco place but they let like an elementary school class come in and like and probably learn how do we make the tacos and here's how we yeah. do this you know and then they wrote thank you letters and they hung them up so when me and my friends were sitting in the you know in a booth we're like oh look at all the letters I go a what if you know what if is we yeah. what if we had grounds and we took one down and we wrote dear mr burger blah 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 thank you for that but especially thank you for taking us in the back and touching us in our in our naughty area and we and i used to tell that joke in my act like what i was at a place and a woman after the show came up to me and she said um very nicely because let me tell you something a lot of people go oh we get oh, barked at don't get me started don't get me started on not, i love when someone nicely corrects yes. me. Yes, and by the way, I I, I want to get back to my thought. So please, with okay. the, but okay. also, yes, there's times if somebody goes up to someone and goes, you could you sh you should fucking change. That's wrong. But I'm gonna also go out on a limb and go. Mostly, you felt yelled at. It's like when your kid goes, "Daddy yelled at me." He yelled at me, but then you you were overheard it, and he told you you couldn't have a cookie. He didn't yeah. yell at you. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, felt yeah. yelled at. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying there are times when people went, you fucking be nice to this group of people. But mostly, that doesn't really add up. You know, in a court of law, you rule out prob probable, what's it called? You rule out doubt. Like, you yeah, just, yeah, yeah, you yeah. never know for a fact. But I don't know. To me, if someone's trying to tell you you shouldn't use the word retarded, and they're not, or, or they're probably didn't go up to you probably and go you fuck sounds like they're pretty kind and with that kindness they probably wouldn't go up to you and go you fucking stop it the first time you never heard it before it's 20 years ago yeah 20 years later we're still trying to say it kindly you might up your aggression but most of the time when people go i'm just tired of the righteousness and the blah 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 you know what when it's that it's wrong yeah. i don't want to be tucker carlson even on what I perceive to be the right side, it's flippant, it, and I always try to get better at it. But some people, no matter how kind you say it, 
They're going to feel yelled at and they're yep. going to walk away. So back to, um, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, it was Sarah and then Sarah had to do Paris Hilton. Yeah. Paris Hilton. You know, I, I, I look back at things that I made fun of in my act and oh, yeah. willingly go, Oh, I could do better than that. I can, I don't want to do jokes a bully in high school could do, you yeah. know? So I look back on that era of like, you know, when, you know, I made a lot of mistakes in comedy. One, I was hard to find. I know it sounds so cheesy, but like I saw comedians figuring out who they were so much earlier than me. Like, and I knew, I knew I didn't yet. That took me forever. I think I was already in LA and it was like 94 when I started to figure out who I was. But one thing, maybe I just lucked out. I, I knew don't punch down, even though I didn't know that expression yet. And I remember when people were making fun of um, uh, Bill Clinton, uh, Bill and Hillary's daughter. Yeah. Uh, um, Chelsea. Chelsea. Going through puberty in front of the world. And I remember thinking, whatever age I was, that's all, you know, I hope it is an insult because I mean it to be. Yeah. That's all you fucking got. <laughs> I picture someone coming with their best clever joke and I go, spit a tooth out. That's all you fucking got. What a bully. She's going through puberty in front of the whole world. You're a comedian. You can talk about whatever you fucking want. Even if I disagree, that's what I love about comedy. Yeah. Somebody can watch everything I say. And if they disagree with everything I say, they should go back on stage and do whatever they want. I stand by that. But that's what you want to talk about. You, you're starting comedy. Someone goes, oh, what can I talk about? I'm going to do All the comedy. things I get to talk about. Anything be... you want, you can talk about. Sometimes you'll get shit for it, but yeah. you can talk about whatever you want and you go. Clinton's daughter, Ch Chelsea's daughter. I'm going to go after her by choice. Or did you think that's all? So like now when I do comedy, I think, how's it going to stand the test of time? And yeah. when people are wrong, they're wrong. And, and people maybe get too sensitive, but overwhelmingly, like I say, everything that's called sensitive 30 years later. Yeah. I, you, I, I feel like I, I definitely feel like I know, I know I'm, See, I never. And you have friends, by the way, and I know it. And I want to say this, and I know I. Here? No, where's Andrew? I know I interrupted you. What? But like, I know you have friends that adamantly disagree, and oh, yeah, with what we're talking about. And maybe you, maybe I even said a food fight, a food fight from the fridge. Keep going. Maybe I even said some things today that you're like, geez, I want to no, no, be no, with I, Todd, but, but like, I with that, no, I didn't want to say my it to point, him. My whole point is. I, I definitely have friends that disagree with what I'm saying right now, but my whole point is I've, I've never once ever thought about doing a podcast to fight with somebody. I, I want to hear other people's opinions and go, how can I, how can I grow from this? Like, how can I hear this? And then go lay with it. You know, when people say, uh, I, they do their apology and they go, I took the time to apologize. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change in the future. I've already done that fucking work. I'm regretting a lot of things I've said in the past because my whole, th I mean, my perspective getting into comedy was a kid from Florida who hadn't really experienced anything, didn't experience any other races, no sexualities, no nothing. Now, binary was, I don't never heard of that until, so I'm, I, I consistently, when I say I've, I said something horrible one time and it got a big laugh and, and then, I'll, and then I was like, I'm putting in a bit and, and, and I, and I, and it was working and. But it wasn't working the way I wanted it. I mean, it wasn't working the way I wanted it to. It was, it was a, a joke about interracial couples. But it was it was only working if you made fun of the white guy. You could make fun of the black chick. It's interesting that I only saw it as a white guy and black chick in my joke. 
And uh, and I and I've I've said this a lot on the podcast, but there was a woman that came up to me at the DC Improv, fan, cool as shit, Tom. By the way, or Todd. By the way, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. She said, uh, "Hey, I just want you to know, I'm a huge fan." Before I say anything, I'm a huge fan. Love the podcast. Love you on Rogan. I'm like a legit fan. Okay, because I used to have a thing about. Uh, the, the, I had a fan come up to, to me and define a fan and what a fan was. And, and she used that verbiage in this. I am a fan. Like when you succeed, I feel like I succeed. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And she goes, oh, you got to get rid of that joke. <laughs> and I go, really? And she goes, yeah, 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 yeah. It makes it sound like, uh, let me tell you, it makes me feel less than human. And I went, holy God. And she goes, no, I know that's not your intention, but you're not hearing what you're saying. And you're just hearing the response from everyone. And it's, it's just not coming out right. And it's not who you are. And, and, I don't know if I don't know if it's something you just got to keep working on, but I just, from my perspective, I get rid of it. And she goes, it does, it did work with the white guy angle, but the second you flipped it, it's just the power dynamic switched. And I was like, hey, I, I, I said, I, I can't thank you enough. Like and I, and I, I love that you say that. And and then sometimes, look, I've been there. Oh, Mister, dear Mister Burger King, thank you for letting us. Yeah, a woman came up to me after the show. And she was, again, nice. Oh. And she was very nice. And I don't think people are always right, but they're not always wrong. And remind me to go back to this, this, this Mr. Burger thing. Okay. I always want to tell comedians, I'm not judging you on what you're defending yourself. Sometimes you should defend yourself. We wouldn't have great comedy yeah. if the audience... If the pulse of the audience that night, that comedian went home and went, oh, uh, they didn't like it. I won't do it. We wouldn't have brilliant comedy. No, Sometimes I, look, you have to ignore the audience to in the, in the pursuit of brilliant comedy. I get it. I'm I a, a goddamn joke. comic. I had a joke about, uh, about, um, about Confederate statues that I believed in. I believed in. And I, I wrote it, and I knew this was funny. I knew there was a joke in there. I just didn't know how it was. And I wrote it, and it did not do well for a long time. And it didn't do well in, in parking lots. I mean, I was doing it on the road recently, and then I turned it. And I go, I, I can tell when, something, when something's got yeah. bones to it, Right, I know where it's going. So I'm not watching any comedian that might be even listening to this. I'm not judging you because you defended yourself on one thing. You should. Yeah. But I've noticed, keep in mind, old, I'm watching you, everything. The outcry isn't always wrong. And I've watched some comedians for 20 years and whatever it is, they're like, ah, and you know what? I'm going to say this because I think the comedian won't hear it, but it's my litmus test. What you don't want to do when you just hold on to a bit to hold on to it. I was holding on to that bit because I thought, and I said to her, I remember I go, well, airplane, they had those sort of, they were like, you ever seen a naked, I, and to me, it's funny. I was giving that up to go, well, that yeah. was right. Yeah. And that was good. She went, they got a lot of shit for that. And I went, oh, yeah, maybe, you know. So it's everyone, so, and everyone go, oh, everyone's so soft today. And again, I want to go, you sure it's not you? So I let go of that joke. Happily, happily. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, I don't need to. I can talk about anything on the planet. I can let go of that. And so yeah, I don't I don't mind you know, the, and it's not that I think I'm great. Again, I'm not waving the flag. Todd Glass thinks he's so great. I made a lot of mistakes, but you know. Anyway, but no, I had I had a I had a woman uh, berate me in New York. What's crazy is I don't mind that confrontation either. If, if she's willing to like calm down a little bit and then talk to me, like if you're upset, you can be upset. I'll listen. I'm not always going to change. I probably will 
only because I'm, I'm, that's who I am as a person. I've always been willing to change my opinion. And, and, and especially when it comes to art, if I'm doing stand up and, and I have a joke, I had a joke about killing a dog that everyone was groaning at. And someone had to pull me aside and be like, Hey, just so you know, you think they're laughing. They're not laughing. They're being like, Oh, what the fuck? And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm willing to hear that. But like, I'll, I'll stand my ground on even jokes that are, I'm probably cancelable now where people are like, Oh, that's fucking, I stand my ground. I try them a lot. You got to try them, but I, I try. I don't. My thing is, and I realize this probably a little later than I should have. Is I personally, as a comic, don't ever want anyone leaving my show feeling less than. I want them to feel fulfilled. I want them to feel great. I want everyone to have a great time at my show. I don't want anyone. Can to, I? Can I interject with that? Please. Because sometimes people say to me, no matter what you do, you're going to offend somebody. And I go, I just want to don't offend the wrong ones. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. If I do a joke that's making fun of something that I think hurts the world and it offends somebody, I don't care. I just don't want to offend the brilliant ones. I get I'm going to offend people, but I don't want to offend the wrong people. And when history writes itself, I look back at my work over years and I go, oh, wow, why did I, you know, like, you know, I could do better. I don't have to make, you know, but look. Uh, other than that, I'm doing great. <laughs> I, I lo let me tell you something. You, because of your thought and, and the way you think you're going to reap the, there is a plus side of it. And I know you do it from your heart yeah. and we might, we're on different views. If we started to go through some jokes, we'd be on different pages. But the fact that you're not just scoffing that, that once in a while, it's okay to let go of a joke. It's like for yeah. you, it's, you know, whenever like somebody says like, you know, oh, we need to have more diverse shows, you know, and they help people get, especially the book shows. I try, but yeah, uh, look, no matter how diverse you make a show, you're going to always get someone complaining. Is that where you're at? Are you trying your hardest and you're still, there's still, because if that's the case, I'll defend you. But we don't do diverse shows as a mercy to whatever the comedians they're saying we should book more of. It's not a mercy mission to book them. You end up, I notice clubs that have more diverse shows. Uh, the crowds are better. Yeah. The crowds are better. And it reflects life. So I'm just, I look, I want to do comedy for a long time. It's been really good to me. And I really love comedy. And I've said this a lot. Nothing I like more hanging out with comedians. That's oh, my favorite thing in the Even world. comedians I socially disagree with. I'll see them at the Montreal Comedy Festival and just hang out with four in the morning talking to them. It's the greatest. So I, it is. It's the greatest. And I, and I, and I, uh, and I, and I love it, so, you know, I just want to treat comedy right because it's been good to me. So other comedians help me be better. And then if, if one one slice of comedy, I think I can say that, like, we're talking today. Maybe one thing I say, someone will go, oh, you said that? Okay, I heard what he said. Maybe 10 things I said, I did a shitty job of explaining myself. People found loopholes in what I said. Uh, but I give it a shot. Uh, how long have long we been talking about it? Uh 56 Shut minutes. the fuck up. <laughs> wow. I'm no, glad that's we what... started off uh, with those with the positives about those uh, those comedians. Because it does Dude. lead back to that. It's like, you know, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So, you yeah. know, I was happy that I sort of, you know, was like, yeah, comedy is at a good place. And I saw those people. It made me excited, you know. By oh, the way, yeah. can we go back to that that um, uh, uh, Jaden, uh, Jaden, um, 
Williams. You know, I love that you like that. He's the one that did the because yeah. every ounce of that, his look, his eye movement, his yeah. it was so and it got me excited for comedy. I was like, wow, I should do sketches like that. Like I should yeah, I'm literally saying, like, why why are all my sketches me in a speedo or like what like what the fuck's wrong with me? Did anybody reach out to you and tell you who that guy no, was? No, no, the no. young adult. So someone someone DM'd me, I think, or maybe they they sent it to me. I, I, you know, I have a hard time with Twitter because I feel like uh, I, I look, I, I look at Twitter the same way I look at the scale. Like if I, I step on it, and if I see that second number isn't something I like, I just step off. I go, I don't need this. I'm having a good day. What the fuck am I looking at this thing for? How much weight did you lose? I've, I have no idea right now. <sighs> I've, I, I was two fifty seven. I'm about two thirty seven right now. Probably twenty pounds. But um, you feel good. I feel much better. I'm well. I'm working out like crazy right now. Right now, I'm I'm um. I have. I I was having problems sitting and podcasting sitting. I was getting like problems in my legs, and I was like, "This is crazy!" Like, and I'd get up, and I was getting up like an old man. I, like I would come up like going Archie oh. Bunker. Yeah, and my wife saw it and was like, "What is wrong with you?" And I was like, "Ah, because I'm running a lot. I'm running like I'm trying to run two thousand miles this year." And so she goes, I said, I don't know. She said, you need to lift weights. And I was like, I don't really need to lift weights. I don't I don't give a fuck to get big. And she, uh, and we had this opportunity. Um, cut this out real quick. I'm shooting a movie in Serbia in a month. I can't, I don't want to talk about it. But uh, so I'll tell that, but that's why. Okay. Cut back. And so I, I had this opportunity to get a trainer and my wife's like, you know, you, you can afford it. And, and I think you'll enjoy it. And I, I said, same thing I said with therapy. I said, how much? She goes, I don't want to tell you how much. I just want you to know that you can afford it and you're going to like it. Bert, you, it's so funny you mentioned that because I still feel, I, look, I, I don't have a lot of responsibilities in life. You know, it's not like, you know, so I, so I probably can say this. I feel the same as I did when I was 20, mm -hmm. mentally, physically. But what caught up on me, and I changed it, I, out of this pandemic, I decided I'm going to return to the stage, better comedian. Yeah. I already, I'm gonna, and, and, and my act, tighten it up. I don't want to say anything social this year. I'm just going to yeah. go be funny. I just want to be funny. I just want to be funny. I said stuff on my last special. Maybe on my next one after that, I will, but I yeah. just want to be funny. And part of it, I caught up on me, the stretching. Now I do the elliptical oh. every day. I don't need help with that. But I started twice a week. Same thing. I goes, Todd, don't worry about the price. By the way, um, Guns and Moses. The, the, guy who the guy who does just stretching me, his name is Moses, and his email is Guns and Moses. And he is a good energy, comes to my house twice a week. And you might think, well, stretching, even if you have someone standing over you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a good sell for this. Again, I'm not doing anything but stretching and push-ups. I don't need him to, I, everything else I can do on my own. I'm good with it. Yeah. But it, in three weeks, no getting up. I almost want to do it now. No getting up after sitting down for an hour and a half. And hiding, especially if you're around people, you know, you can walk it off. You can. And I go, that oh, bothered me. Yeah. Three weeks. And I'll tell you why it's easier with him doing it. Because you think, well, you're still doing it, but you don't have to think as much. If he wants me to have my back straight, he puts his knee on my thing. And as I'm breathing out, he's pushing my leg slowly. There's less to think about. It does make it easier. Yeah. And twice a week I'm doing it. I go, I'd rather order less DoorDash. And I feel like a million bucks just but go, stretching dude i i leanne ah oh, this will get this will get me i i thought this was cool as shit so leanne gets me this trainer well, actually my buddy got me the trainer 
Uh, my we were talking about it at dinner with some friends, and uh, and my buddy said, you know, if you want a trainer, I got this great trainer. She was, I mean, she trains like legit movie stars, and and she, they were, he was like, you know, she is all I work with for our, when I'm making a movie. She's in town. Why don't you get her to train you for the next month and a half or whatever? And Leanne's like, yeah, do it. And I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to waste the money. And they're like, I can go lift some weights. And like, trust me. Well, what I love about it is that I don't think about it. I don't think I'm going to work. I don't think like I'm going to go work out. I guess I'll do shoulder. I don't think any of that. I just show up. She has it written on a board. By the way, and I, all the other things were taken out of my court. She got on the phone with Leanne and she said, Bert needs a gym. And Leanne's like, oh, he's got weights. And she goes, what does he have? She goes, he's got a treadmill. He's got 20s and 30s. And then well, she said, inventory Bert's weights. And then I'll get the rest. And I was like, oh, great. I was like, you can't get weights in the pandemic. And she's like, quite honestly, you're friends with Joe Rogan. And you can get you can get weights in the pandemic. Like, you don't worry. There's a guy that can send you. There's a guy that will get weights here yeah. next week. All of a sudden, weights are showing up. I hadn't, I couldn't get weights all fucking summer. Why couldn't you get weights? Because they're impossible to get. Oh, that's yeah. uh, my getting my elliptical was this. Right. It's okay, impossible now I know to what get. you mean. And Everyone so wants them. She went through. She put all the inventory, got me free weights, got me all the stuff. And then I come in. She has it all written on a board. It's like an hour and a 15-minute late weight, just weightlifting. I do all the running myself. And I feel fantastic. And now here's where... Here's where, like, today my heart swole up, and I just was like, oh, my God. Now, I've been having issues with my oldest daughter. Not bad, just, you know, weird stuff where you, you, she's growing up, and we're not connecting maybe as much, and she she quit softball, and it, that bothered me, and I, I didn't know how to, I don't know, I'm fucking, it's a lot. But uh, yesterday we do, I started doing these family workouts. Where I said, why don't, you, why don't you, my whole family, come train with me? I train on Saturdays. Why don't we all do Saturday at 2 o'clock, and then we'll train and then we'll recover together. We do these, we put these recovery boots on. And my girls started loving it, loving it. Yesterday, Lacey, my trainer, brings Georgia in. And she's like, let's see what you can max out deadlifting. And Georgia, my oldest, is like, what? She was like, I don't know. Let's just see. And she was like, I mean, I, I, I bet you could do your own weight. And Georgia's like, for real? And she was like, yeah, let's see. So today, so yesterday, Georgia throws up like 140 in a deadlift, which is a lot yeah. for a fucking little girl you, you know today I, I i'm in my i'm in the closet in my bedroom and i walk out and georgia's standing on the scale i go what are you doing she goes yes i go what she goes i i, I deadlifted way over my body weight and i'm like wait you were met you were wait, like you're still thinking about it today that kind of positive energy carrying you into the next day made me so fucking happy that i was like Dude, even if it bankrupt me, not that it's going to, but even if I lost all my money, I still have these memories of having these weights, watching my daughter deadlift, and 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 lifting weights is fun as fuck. It's such a meathead fucking brings me back to being a kid again. All of a sudden you're you're putting on shirts and your arms feel tight. And you're like, I know. God damn it, man. I feel good. Like, you feel on stage. You know, you know what my friend uh, Levi McDougal, I hope I said his name right. He goes, Isn't it nice to perform when you don't? Like, I suck my gut in on stage. I think you probably, we all do. I don't. Well, you you know what? That's, guess what? You, you are comfortable. We, I always said Bert's comfortable, with his, Bert's comfortable with his body. You're better off if you don't because you're at least taking, you might be, let's say you're 40, 50 pounds overweight or 30. My sister-in-law explained this to me. You're still, if you're taking normal breathing cycles, but if yeah. you're holding your, she goes, Todd, because I used to say on stage, well, I got to get going. I'm not tired of doing comedy, but I'm tired of sucking my gut in. <laughs> Because I would feel it on stage. Yeah. And I used to say, is that exercise sucking your gut in? Um, 
And uh, and she goes, you're not taking full breathing cycles, so you're getting exhausted because not only are you 30 pounds overweight, which isn't the end of the world, yeah. you're not taking full breathing cycles because you're holding your gut in and you're talking. So that went away, and now I'm ready to go back out on the road. Oh, Bert, I can't, I'm, I can't, I can't wait to go back out on the road. I'm oh. so excited. I'm, I'm watching you. You know, it's funny. I get... When, when I like you did like these shows and I'm like and then when I saw your house today I was like oh I'm so jealous of Bert you know <laughs> because like the the um this again the style of your house have your has your your people your no. audience seen this house no I was I was are giving, you embarrassed to say it or? I actually am I, I, I actually am it's it's funny I I've never been embarrassed about anything um ever I've always put everything out there and Two things happened. One is uh, you can you know, edit that. No, no, no. I don't give a shit. I, I'm. I, one is I'm an open book, and that's a, a flaw. Is that I've shared, I've shared where I currently live so much that uh, we get packages sent to the house. Fans show up to the doors, and like I remember a guy showed up at the door, and he's like, "Hey, you're Isla," and Isla was like, "I dad," and like it's been creepy. So my daughter's asked that I don't Instagram or anything that would give away where we live. Because they're like, you know, that that bothers them. Which makes like, sense. I was like, totally cool. Here's the other thing that happened is um, I had an issue, and I, don't, I hope I say this right. I hope it comes out right. I'm, I, I was so focused on me. Um, I was so focused on, I was in such business mode when the pandemic hit. And my, my special dropped, and, and the, it did really well for the numbers. And I was like, I got I to gotta work. I, I, I just wasn't thinking... You know, I was communal. I, I stayed at home for whatever, you know, three months. But I, the day the pandemic hit, I was like, I got to get on the road. I want to do, I want to, and I started trying to problem solve. And that's why when we talk about comedy and, and comedy transitioning and growing and, and, and taking words away, I, I love a challenge. If you say I can't say something and I want to talk about that thing, I'll find a way to talk about it. And it'll be funnier because I'll find a way that no one feels bad about it. So I like, I like a challenge, but I, I got so focused on me that I, I was, um, like get on the road. Let's get on the road. Let's let's figure this out. And so I came up with this idea to do them at uh, at drive-ins, and 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 we figured it out, and it worked. And all of a sudden, I'm doing it. And it wasn't until and then I heard some comics talking shit about me. Comics I really liked uh, that I thought were I was friends with talking negatively about me about oh yeah. And then Burt Kreischer, you know this fuck, you know. And I didn't realize oh yeah yeah I would actually I didn't blame them because that's it's also wrong with me as I try to figure out their point of view. I was like, yeah, that must, I, that must suck. They're sitting in LA and I'm lucky enough. I'm lucky enough to have a fan base where I can go out and promote these shows and, and do these shows and, and make money in a pandemic and do stand up when no one's getting to do stand up because, you know, promoters hadn't even figured it out in LA at the time I was doing these shows. And I was like, and then I was like, for a second, I was like, all right, how about not, not humility, but like, don't show a nice car or like, don't show like good things happening. No one needs to know that. That's that's hubris. Like I didn't. I never showed anything when I worked on Travel Channel. I was in the most amazing places in the world, but I, I just felt gross being like having a dinner, private dinner in Puerto Rico on the beach outside my yacht. Like I just didn't feel right that Amer that that people would see that or and go like, I'm rooting for that guy, you know? Yeah. Like and so and so when when we I was really excited about the house when we bought it, and then as we started to build it, I I just thought. I don't, I, I would, I, I would be remiss to, not remiss, that's not the right word, but like, like I, I have a friend who's doing a house and they're showing about the remodel and stuff. And I was like, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I don't feel great about it. Like, I don't feel like, like so many, so many people are going through tough times in their lives that I go, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I should just hold this close to the vest. And, 
like I'll tell you right now, you don't know what Rogan's house looks like. You don't know what Segura's house looks looks like. And then all of a sudden, you you know what my house looks like to a my the house I live in. People could put it, write it down on a diagram on paper and go, oh no, Bert's bedroom's back left. George and I like they. I've been so in it, so I've been weird about it. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, rightfully so. I think it's a good way to lean. You know. Yeah. And um, it, you said something a little while ago. It made me think of, you know, sometimes my family will ask me, and it just shows how, well, number one, even when we complain about bad audiences, it shows how great, most audiences are unbelievable. Yeah. Most people, most people, most, most people, people are awesome. Most people go, I would not, never get upset about any joke. It's a joke. Most people. And it, it made me think of when people give me food, uh, sometimes they'll make you cookies or sometimes a pot in them, and I eat them. And my yeah. sister-in-law was backstage once, she goes, oh, you, you eat that? She, on paper, she's right. Why am I eating something? But <laughs> yeah. I've never had anything bad happen. Now, I'm yeah. sure there has been a comedian, but uh, I don't think, no, I don't never heard a story of arsenic in it or anything, you know? So I just, people bring me cookies and like backstage and you met me 10 minutes before I go on. I'm like, oh, wow. I, I have such it. a weird <laughs> relationship with my, like people who listen to this, they know so much about me that I go, I trust them. You know, like yeah. I, I trust them. I gave them my email. They usually reach out and they're like, hey, is this still your email? Like, and I, I don't know. I, I, it's crazy because um, on paper, the the way I run my business of, of like, I mean, I, I, people would reach out and be like, hey, man, uh, you're so specific about the, the um, restaurants around your house that I found it in five minutes. And I was like, really? And they're like, just. Just watch what you say. I mean, Rogan, I remember, you know, man, I, I owe Joe Rogan. I have, to, I have to owe him a dinner and apology because he was so far ahead of the curve on so many things. He has corrected me so many times where I actually disregarded him to him and said, maybe you don't know anything about knees, Joe. Running's fine. Like, and then all of a sudden, Tom blows out his knee. And I go, I'm so sorry, Joe. I really am sorry. You know a lot more about knees than I know. <laughs> you know, someone told me that 30 years ago. What? They go, get off the treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. They go, it's better than outside. There's cushion. It's soft. They yeah. get off the treadmill, get to the elliptical. It's the closest you can do to swimming. And 30 years later, I'm the most unathletic person. So all my <laughs> workout regimen yeah. is, you know, you know, you can regiment it. When you're doing a machine, you're not going to blow your knee out yeah. because if you do it right and you... And all my friends that are so athletic, <laughs> now they're all having problems, Dude. but I'm not because he, Joe, you're right. Joe get said all. to me, Joe said to me, I owe him so many apologies. I, I like literally because I've I've always been friends with him. I've never disregarded him publicly, but like between each other, I've always been like, you don't know what the fuck he's talking about, right? Treadmill running. He was like, treadmill running is not real running. And I was like, easy. It's same, same, right? What's he saying to do? He said, run on the road or nothing. Oh, but, go but, run outside. But treadmill's not real running. So now I run a thousand miles last year. I'm on track to run 2,000 miles this year. I'm running roughly about 180 miles a month. And I start getting these pains in my back of my legs. And I'm like, I wonder why. So we work out with the trainer a couple of times and she goes, um, your glutes aren't firing. Your glutes and your hamstrings are like almost non-existent. And I was like, for real? She was like, yeah, like I, I really, like I couldn't do like just uh, hip raises, like where you raise your hips off the ground. I couldn't even do that. My my legs would seize up. She was like, she's like, yeah, I wonder why. And then one day I got on the treadmill. She goes, your quads are fucking he like have a ton of power in them, but anything behind you, it's because I've been on a goddamn treadmill going with my feet going, catch myself, catch myself, catch myself, catch my, I've never been pushing myself forward. I've been throwing a foot forward and then going, catch it. 
And so I'm only using the, I've not used any of these. So now she has had a hard time getting my quads and ass to work. And now that she has, I'm building muscle in them. I get on the treadmill. I'm like, oh, this isn't real running at all. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. We're learning a lot of the same stuff. Oh, not Joe, exactly. Joe, I remember but... Joe telling me, I remember I was like, hey guys on, on Instagram. I was like, hi guys. I'm taking off for two weeks. I'm going out partying up to Salt Lake City with Ari. It should be a fun trip. Follow my stories. Joe texts me. He's like, take that off fucking line. I go, what? And he goes, take that off. You're announcing you're not going to be home? What are you doing? Everyone knows where you live. And I was like, Joe, easy. Bro, he's so fucking right. He's been right. It's amazing. You know, it's like when you talk about the right side of history and I, all those times you heard things, you're like, that guy didn't know what they're talking about. And then you're like, oh, fuck, man. I'm the jackass here. Yeah. It means it at least means it earns he earned the right or whoever earns the right to give yeah. it a listen. Yeah. The history, give it a listen. This podcast is brought to you by Hems. Did you know that 66% of men start losing the hair, their hair by the age of 60, 30, 35? Is it 35? It's 35. Not me. I did something about it. A lot of guys don't do something about it. They don't want to deal with shit like this. That's, I got to be the number one. This is why I love this company. It was started by a man that knew that most conversations about men's wellness, and, and that is what Hims is. It is a one-stop shopping for men's sexual wellness, uh, skin wellness, hair wellness, all, the, all men's wellness. Most conversations men are going to have, they don't want to have. They'd rather have it online than go to a doctor and have some awkward in-office doc, doctor appointment. That's what I love about these. These are prescriptions backed by science. Hims is created by that guy that knows that you don't want to have the awkward in-person doctor visits to the long pharmacy lines. These are licensed medical professionals online, which would save you hours, completely confidential. Answer a few quick questions. Medical provider will review and determine if it's right for you. And they can prescribe the medication that will treat your hair loss, shipped directly and discreetly to your door. Today, Hims is giving you their best offer ever. If you're not happy with your results and after 90 days, Hims will refund you a full refund. And right now, my listeners can get their first visit absolutely for free. Go to forhims.com slash BurtCast. That's forhims.com slash BurtCast. Remember, prescriptions, prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See websites for full details and important safety informations. Remember, that's forhims.com slash BurtCast. This podcast is brought to you by Blue Blocks. Uh, my wife got me three pairs of Blue Blocks before I left for Serbia. She got me a clear lens. She got me an amber lens and a yellow lens. The amber lens I wore, I was told to wear when I got here, it was going to help with jet lag. And I was like, really? Man, sure enough, it did. The yellow lens was lowers my stress, my anxiety. And the clear lens, I, I got to be honest with you, I wear them on the computer nonstop. I'm not wearing them now because they're all on set. I'm reading every single day. And they're they're cool. They're stylish. They, uh, the frames have been featured in QC and Vogue, and they're optic laboratories that are made in Australia, not mass produced in factories in Asia. I'm telling you, you will absolutely love these glasses. They come in prescription and non-prescription and reading options. Glasses for every need. The blue light helps with digital eyes train. The summer glow with low moods and migraines. Well, I was right about this. And the sleep ones improve your sleep. Blue Box also has other amazing products, such as low blue light bulbs, red light therapy devices, and 100% blackout sleep masks. I need one of those so bad. Blue Box ships worldwide and in rapid time, easy returns and exchanges. I love mine. I love mine because they say Blue Box on the side, and I know they're mine when I'm at a party and I'm looking for my glasses. Go to bluebox.com. 
slash bird and use the coupon code bird save 15% off. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X dot com slash bird and use the promo code bird to save 15% off. I had a bone spur. Do you know what that is? My sister had a bone spur in her mouth and she thought it was a baby tooth. Wow, in the mouth? In her mouth, she had a bone spur and it was sticking out of her jaw. Wait, you had a bone spur in your heel? In my heel? Oh my God. The most painful thing in the fucking world. Well, I 20 years ago, I had it and I put in those things you get at the chiropractor. Yeah. It ended it. I, I could never sell these inserts because people think I'm full of shit, but it yeah. ended it. <laughs> it came back. I don't want to deal with it. My one doctor didn't want to operate. Someone told me about this guy. I wrote his name down, Dr. Um, Porzia. Dr. Porzia, he's, he's sort of AKA the high heel doctor, but that doesn't obviously apply to me. <laughs> and he, I went to him, my friend told me, Brad, he goes, go to this guy. That's what he does. Yeah. He told me your doctor's right to not want to do it. He goes, your, your, your doctor that you've been going, he's right not to want to do it because he's not me. He goes, this is what I do. So I'm going to have it operated during so wait, the pandemic. Wait, so, so tell me about a heel spur. Heel spur, I, you know, I don't really, it, you can have one and it doesn't affect it's, you. It's under the bottom, right? It's like in my back heel. Yeah. It's like back, not my back heel. I guess you only have one heel. Do you ever listen to your podcast and realize how much shit you say wrong? <laughs> like a word. So where people go, people go, hey man, you said this. And I go, yeah, I, I was just talking. I wasn't thinking about yeah. what I was saying. I just listen back sometimes. Yeah. So I'm trying to like, okay, Todd, you just said my back here, whatever. But anyway, but I'm going to go in because I don't want to wait till the pandemic's over and then go, that's what I'm obsessed with now, Bert. Like, I don't want to think I could have done this during the pandemic, whether it's a DMV thing, whether it's exercise. Fucking so my wife just got Invisalign. And I go, you could have done this last March and then had it the whole time I know, when we were masked. But it's not too late yet. So now I'm doing it all, and I'm going to go in, Dr. I want to say his name right, P uh, Porzia. And he's going to, I'm going to give him a little shout out on my Netflix special. <laughs> and, um, and your show, apparently. Uh, but I'm just going to go, I go, I, I trust him. He's like, Todd, he goes, yeah. I go, will it come back? He goes, no. He goes, I do these all day long. If you follow what I say, stay off your foot for six weeks. So I'm very excited. So, so what I just is it? To give him a shout. Do you out. have a? Do you have a, uh, a, a? A a picture of what it looks like? You know what it looks like? I, because I did. I finally looked at the X-ray. You know, on a rose bush, how there's a thorn. Yeah. You know, and they and they call this a spur. It looks exactly like a thorn on a rose bush. And the does same it hurt curve. To, to walk? It doesn't really hurt that much. It's more. You know, when you, you ever have a headache, let's say a 10, a headache and a 10 is a 10. Yeah. A 10 of a headache. That's easy. But you know when it's a two, it's almost just as bad because it's there. You're hanging out with friends and it's not that bad, but it's there. It's like that. It's just annoying. So I'm just going to go have it taken out. I'm just going to go, go get rid of it. Just cut it the fuck out. I, I, I just want it gone. Just go in there and get it out. I envy know? people who can get in front of their medical problems. When I see someone going... Oh, yeah, I'm going to the dentist. I'm having a tooth fixed. I go, oh, I'm jealous of you because I'll just have a tooth be broken for a year. Uh, you and me. I, I, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I only got great dental, you know, brushing and all that. I, until two years ago, I didn't brush my teeth before I went to bed. I still don't. <laughs> I still, I, but, but I go, I got tired. Of, I go, how many cavities? What the hell's going on? So now... <laughs> And Wait, you looked at you looked at your teeth by going. I had. I mean, how many more years do I have? Yeah, why, let's, let's, why why not time it out perfectly? Yeah, why, why, why? And I, they're like, listen, we can either remove all your teeth, or you're gonna be dead next week. Which one are you taking? I you're lucked like, out. I got four <laughs> implants. All my other teeth I got four implants, and um. So now I brush my teeth before I go to bed, and I told my my ex, I go, you know, I brush my teeth 
every night before I go to bed now. He goes, Tom, what do you want from me? You're a full grown adult. <laughs> and I go, but like somehow I want, I want, I'm brushing my teeth every night before I go to bed. Isn't anybody going to give me some credit? Can you believe it? Till two years ago. I was like, I just got tired. Now I'm going to bed. I'm like, ugh, I got to brush my teeth. If they could find a better way to get toothpaste to the toothbrush, I would be into it. I just, for some reason, I can get the toothbrush in my mouth, but that one extra step just fucking gets me. I just want, I want a toothbrush where I can squirt the toothpaste in like a button, right? If, if you could create a toothbrush that had a little button on it, like right on the handle, and you just went squirt, squirt, squirt. And it comes out. And then out. it came out. For some, and I don't like the taste of toothpaste. I've had this is going to freak you out, but I have had real issues with taste the taste of toothpaste. And there was a period of time that I was period of time I was washing my brushing my teeth with hydrogen peroxide. Period of time I was brushing my teeth with baking powder. Period of time I was brushing my teeth with soap because I was like soap soap. Yeah, is that is that well? It was a little bit. It was a little bit of a combo thing. Is that I would have my my toothbrush in my backpack traveling, and so I would wash it with soap so I could clean it. And then I was like, one time I was like, I wonder how what brush your mouth with soap is. And I tasted it. I was like, it's not that bad. Like, you don't, if you don't try to taste it. Maybe so check with bit, Joe Rogan on this. Yeah, I do, I do a little go. soap. And, and then now I I, uh, I use one of our sponsors. Um, our, who's our toothbrush sponsor? Who? Quip. Quip. The Quip, Quip toothpaste. Oh, I got, I got, wait, they make toothpaste? Their toothpaste is better than their toothbrush, in my opinion. Their toothpaste is fucking the perfect flavor. I was me. brushing, but the problem was I got the quip. You don't, it doesn't vibrate. See anything? Oh, it can't be vibrating enough to do anything. I didn't yeah. know how little you had. So I was using it as a toothbrush. Oh yeah. Someone said, no, Todd, you're going to ruin your gums. But I got that. Who's your, who's your, um, oh God. Dennis? I know we're coming. No, no. I know we're coming to an, yeah. Who is your, who's this? What are this? The, uh, I got into, uh, comfortable slippers and I know you were raving about oh, this. What, oh, what? I have, I have, a uh, uh, free water slippers. I have my own brand of slippers and they're the most comfortable fucking slippers I've ever owned. Yeah. You were doing oh, let a me good get, job. Let me get you a pair of flip-flops. Well, guess what? What? I'll, I'll take you up on it. My, I have a new, I have a new line where we are having new launch of flip-flop, same flip-flop, same brand. We sold out last year. And we're coming out with our flip-flops for this summer. And I'm telling you, man, I swear, <coughs> I swear by these flip-flops. And I gave them, the only ones I gave out last year, because I didn't, I didn't know if they were going to work. You know, I didn't know if anyone was going to buy flip-flops, was uh, Rogan, Tom, and Ari. And they are like, these are the greatest fucking flip-flops ever. I get you. And these flip-flops are going to last for fucking ever. I know we're probably getting ready to wrap up. Yeah, but I'm curious. So, so like you, you have a tour. Uh, you know, I, yeah. you know, all no, I want. That's another thing. That's another thing that made, I sort of feeling guilty about was I was like, I, I didn't realize it until one day. I just, you just gotta pay attention and not get mad at the guy. But this guy was talking shit about me on Rogan's podcast. I didn't get mad at him. I just heard him and I went, oh, I didn't. Maybe I didn't realize that. Yeah, in a pandemic, I am doing shows. I am on a tour bus. Maybe that does look gross to someone who maybe is is hard having a hard time paying rent. And I went, I went. I'm not going to change it. I'm going to I'm going to live my life. I'm going to live my life, but I'm going to be a little more cognizant of maybe how I come off to, to to friends of mine. Like that's what my thing was. Was like a friend, a person I thought was a friend, was upset with me, like was bothered by me. And I went, that's never my intention with social media. But yeah, I have a tour bus, and I love it, and I'll never do it, and never do anything different. <sighs> it's the greatest thing in the world, Todd. It is the greatest. I, can thing I in the tell world. you? I love that you say that because I I'm doing everything in my life to minimize like. Like I, this, my lease, my lease came up. I always had like a four fifty five hundred dollars lease. I go, Todd, do you, do you just, I bought a paid for car. I just went and bought it. I go, I don't That's need a lease. for you. 
What? That's Bill Burr's mentality. Yeah, just you, you know, if it's now look, there's no doubt if I get to a point where it, it wouldn't matter, then yeah. I then, then I'm not like I would never have a sixty hey, thousand dollars. If we car. learned anything I about would. this pandemic, it always matters. It always matters. When I matters. got into it, it made me realize that like good you don't but the tour bus, there's nothing I want more in life. And I love that you're saying you love it because it's everything in the world. It's it's like it's like if you got in your hotel room, isn't it? And you're and you don't care if you go to if you get into bed at your hotel room and you get a good night's sleep and your hotel room starts up and drives ten hours you don't give a shit it's, you just wake up and you're there and I oh, love that you love it. Let me tell you the so we get the tour bus <clears throat> we get the, the first time I ever got a tour bus meaning the first time I ever gotten one. Well, what had happened is we had added some we had added second shows in a bunch of cities and it just didn't make sense for me to fly because it was just it was it made sense in certain places but just across and they were like look it's easy, it's cheaper to just get it for the whole tour and just use it for the whole tour. It, meaning you're 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 not paying for hotels, you're not paying for flights. And 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 it, it over the period of time it's going to be fine. Meaning it's cheaper to rent it for longer than for shorter or for certain weeks. So I did go, it go ahead. I did it for uh the first run was um Portland, Seattle, Calgary, Vancouver. That was the very first time. Calgary, Vancouver. And, uh, and I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't, don't remember sleeping the first night, first, you know, that first night I was so excited about all of it. The one night I remember sleeping is the, we, we go, we drive to Calgary. I don't remember the ride to Calgary. I remember it snowed really bad in Calgary. My wife was on the tour bus and we were driving the next morning. I wake up and we're driving from Calgary to Vancouver to do a show in Vancouver that night. And, uh, and I woke up in the Canadian Rockies and everyone everyone on the bus is out front and sitting up front and they're just staring looking at the canadian rockies and i came out and i was like oh this is how you're supposed to see the world this is like i'm a comic i've been around the world four or five times maybe eight times now total with travel channel but i've never seen it this way and i was like and i had a cup of coffee and oh, i sat with my wife in the front and we drove through the canadian rockies and 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 i have i have never and i andrew can speak to this because andrew tours with me I have never not allowed us to enjoy life on that tour bus. So like what I do now, what I did for this last time was I, I thought, and maybe this isn't the best business sense, but I thought let's not race cross country and double bag it with drivers. Let's take our time and let's find some really cool spots to stop and take our tour bus and then sit out and watch thunderstorms roll in off a lake or, or go, go take a boat oh. out for the day. And by the way, it's not that, you know, you're, you're, your brain is very similar to my brain, and, and I, the way you think about life is how I think about life. When you say just a little extra effort, it's not it doesn't need to be a ton of money. You know, a boat for us to rent a boat for the day was like was like seventy five bucks, but you feel like kings. And so I rent us all a boat, and we have a big boat, and we all go out in a boat and on a lake for seventy five bucks. And, and all I'm doing is slowing our trip over, or we float the Rio Grande, or we stop. And and you know, one of the big things was, you know, our first tour we came home. And we quarantined here at the house in the bus, and it just sucked. Everyone was like, I just want to go home. And most people were just like, oh, I'm going home. I'm going to roll the dice with it, man. I don't feel good. I feel fine. Our test came back, and everyone's like, the doctor's like, you know, you get your test back. You still should wait seven days. We're like, man, we're, our test is back. We're good. Next time, I was like, how about this? What if I got us a, a beach house for four days so we can quarantine there? Right? We'll get tested, and then we quarantine there. And then we all just hang out at the beach for four days. It was it was more money than I than I probably I, I should have spent, but for the experience, I was like, oh, this is what touring shouldn't be. This race across country, 
you know what you you and again I, I I'm not in a hurry but I know you probably want to wrap up but um I, I, I'm so much, that's what I want to do. Now, I, I'm, you know, with, with, with what I draw right now, having a tour bus for me just doesn't make sense, you know? Well, it, it, it does, it, it never, you know. The comedy clubs, because you're there five, six days. So, 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 but, I'll, tell uh, but you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll tell you what changed, what, what changed in me. I don't, I don't want to give too much away. So I'm going to try, I'm going to try to be careful with my words. But I thought in doing that in the pandemic, I thought I was in a very unique opportunity. And that I, I know my I know my fans like to party. I know they like to f have a good time and have fun. And I know so many great comics that want the experience would would just love to have a little s experience of like what you know what is it like? I would love to get in a tour bus because like I took Tim Dillon on a tour bus. Andrew was there. He fucking hated it, and he will never do that again. Some he'll never get. He'll never. Like he, some people don't like. Is it. that hard for you to even understand? Oh, it's hard for me to understand. Yeah, it's hard. Me, for me. too, because yeah. I'm like. It's just, it, it's only the good, it's almost too good to be true. I start thinking yeah. about, well, I went on tour with Daniel Tosh and we had two tour buses. Yeah. And I, because there was nothing bad, no airport, even if you fly, and again, even if it's not me flying private, I'm not paying for it, so <laughs> yeah. I'm not bragging. So I'm opening up for someone and they fly, they fly private. You still have to get up. You still, the tour bus, there was nothing bad. I found myself thinking, Wait, am I gonna die? Because this is just too good to it's be too true. Too good to be true. You get in. I mean, for <coughs> me and for me and I and I. And once again, I I I hope that I and I'm, we're trying to set something up where we can do something a little bigger in the summer, maybe a little late summer. That's a little bigger where we can do this with a lot, a lot of comics that would love it, that would love the experience. Me, Todd, you're in for it. Don't, don't ever you, be afraid of offending me. If you, you want to bring me on, I'll fucking Todd, take whatever the opening you, money is. I said to my agent, I said, I want to do something like what we did, but I think we can do it on a bigger level because I know I know what I can draw on, but I know that if I, I go, I bet if I pump this up, I, I don't, I don't want to say too much because I don't because I don't know if it's going to happen or not. But, um, but I mean, we get there. And I mean, we, we roll in and then Dave wakes up and puts a brisket on the grill and then he starts smoking a brisket. And then we set up a pickleball court and we're playing pickleball until three in the morning, just laughing and, and exercising, sweating. And then, you know, you go for a jog in the day, you wake up, you go, everyone steps in. It's such a great, great, great summertime experience that tour was that I said to my agent, I was like, we need to figure out something like this, just a tad bit bigger where we can make it a little more accessible. And I think if things open a little bit, up there's going to be an opportunity to do it you know and like but uh but i i there's no better feeling as for me my favorite feeling in the world is getting off stage after a show and then and everyone's there and you have a cocktail and you're just bullshitting like that back of the store back of the fucking back back of any back of the any club but when it happens with your friends in a tour bus and then your bus driver shows up like two hours later he's like you guys ready to roll and he's like, yeah. And he's like, do you guys smoke any brisket? And you're like, yeah, we got a plate for you, Ron. And then the tour bus starts up and then it skinnies up. Now everyone's there. And then you're Oof. talking about comedy and you're talking about uh, Bill Burr's Saturday Night Live appearance or or like like you're really in the, th the thick it's, of it's, it's the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. It's like, like you said, I love being around comics. And if I can do that in a bigger way, oh, in a fucking heartbeat. Goal, I don't know. I, I can't, I'm, I really am, I'm, but... Well, I have plans to do something that I think would be really fun for a lot of us that I think people would just go, that was the greatest summer of my life. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that you, because you, like you said, I've met some comedians that like, uh, oh, they couldn't sleep on the bus. Okay, yeah. if you can't sleep on the bus, uh, but um, I'm with you. And uh, yeah, I... I uh, we had a comic. We had a comic. Uh, we had a comic. This is so silly. This is how my brain works. 
we had a comic from Australia, Rory, Rory Lowe. Is it Lowe? So he, I'd worked with him in Australia and then he hit me up and he was like, Hey man, I'm in the States. Is that what he said? Like I'm in the States. And I, and he's like, you know, I, you always said, and he's a really sweet guy. He's like, you always said, um, if you ever, if that, if I was here, you'd take me out and I'd love to see American tours. But at the time I was doing clubs, I thought that would be fun. I'd easily take him. And I was like, you know, man, I'm, I'm on a theater tour. Um, let me, let me, let me see. And I swear to God, Todd, I swear to God, I swear to God. So I go, Hey man, we can add one more to our tour. This is at the, this is when you can still do indoor theaters. I'm getting ready to shoot my special in like two weeks in a week. Why don't you hop on the tour bus with us? I'll fly you out. He was already in the States. I'll fly you to where we are. Hop on the tour with us, with us and see what it's like. And it was, a, and it just happened to be the end of the tour. And I was, I, and Leanne was hopping out on the bus because I had to empty the bus. And we ended up in Reno and I bought everyone tracksuits and Rory was there. But it was because, because he had never done anything in America like this. I really was enjoying watching him. Tom Segura and I give each other uh, birthday presents every year. Starting this year, he gave me a birthday present that was better than anyone, anything ever had given me. And, I, and he said, isn't it great to take, uh, to give a present? It's better than receiving. It is. And Tom said, you know, what I do sometimes is I, I hit up my friends from high school or college and I go, hey, do you want to come out on the road with me? No responsibility. Just come out on the road and then you can see what it's like. It's really fun. And he goes, and I, I end up like going a little harder than I would. Like we go out to a nice steak dinner, but my, my I, I can watch my friends appreciate it because they don't normally do stuff where they stay up late except kids or they don't go out to clubs. They don't go have a nice steak dinner at 11 o'clock at night. You know, they don't sleep in. They don't, you know, get massages. And he goes, it's just really fun. You should do that. And so I went, oh, I'll do that because we took this kid, Rory. And because he, I was watching everything, him experience everything for the first time in America, I started stepping my game up. So we end up in Reno and I, I go, we should all get matching track suits. And I mean, this kid, I, I don't know all apologies to Rory if this isn't accurate, but like at the time, I think he was living with his chick. I don't, I think he was like between work. So the fact that he was getting a track suit was like cool for, he's like, oh, we're getting track suits. I was like, yeah, well, I'll get shoes too. <laughs> he's like, we're all getting new shoes and a track suit. And then I bought us another set of track suits. It's like gonna, buying little kids. It's like making yeah, like Christmas it's, exciting. It's not a million dollars. It's not going to break the bank, but it was so fun it's to watch. Every, Andrew's wearing track pants. These are from the track suits that I bought. I bought those track pants. So I bought us all the same track suits twice. And then <laughs> this is so bad to admit. I'm having so much fun watching him like really enjoy this that I go, fuck it. Let's get a private jet to fly us home from Salt Lake City. I just want to see him on a private jet going like, this is the greatest thing I've ever done. So I call Leanne. I go, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about getting a private jet. She's like, no fucking way. So I call my business manager. My business manager is like, well, you can afford it, but it's like. He's like, like, what are you talking about? Like a small, a small one, like something. Where something. are you coming home from? Salt Lake City to LA. Can Not, I guess? I don't remember. Oh, okay. I wouldn't even be able to tell you what it was. And I go, and he's like, what about the tour bus? I thought you guys going to come. We're, we're going to take flights the next day. I go, you know what? I just want to get home. We're going to do the show. I'll surprise the guys and we'll get a flight home. I go, I just think it's a great way to treat the guys. He's been, been on tour with me for the full year. Let's just all take a private jet home. So he's like, all right. So we all put on our track suits. I go out and I go, so. So we're going to cancel the flights tomorrow. And they're like, wait, what are we doing? And I was like, uh, I, I go, uh, we're flying private home.
this kid. I mean, he'll never come to America and enjoy it more. It was so right. great to watch it. I had I don't care about it. I, I didn't care about flying private or anything. Just I got so caught up in it that it's like that little small thing made such a fucking difference. And we had so much fun. We shot a video. I called out Joe Coy. Like it was just so much fun in all of it. And I was like, it is. Oh, that's I, where we have. Like I, I love to see your. I love like we did the cooking show together. Yeah, I love to see your you know excitement, and it reminds well, we, we me to be more excited. We yeah. share enthusiasm in life. I don't want to wait till I you know I'm sure if I got cancer I would appreciate life even more. But I've always said if I have cancer I won't be able I won't have to go. Oh, I should have appreciated being on the road. I do hanging out with new comedians. There's oh. nothing better than and I and I and I love it. You're and, the and, you're the original. You're the original guy that takes it a little too far to make it great. Like everyone's got blazers like that. Uh, these oh. are things I'll never forget. Oh. Never forget, Todd. Like everyone's got, but I hired a trumpet player. Like those little things. That's how I, I really, honestly, I honestly, I, I really saw you living your life and thought that's the, that's the guy I am. I want to be that guy. Yeah. If I'm and not it's... that guy, I should be that guy. Why wouldn't you get the fucking blow up house with the water slide for the kids <laughs> on a fucking Tuesday and surprise them when they come home? And then they're like, what the fuck? I go, call your friends. We got a water slide. And then all the, all the parents are there drinking on a Tuesday night for fucking 400 bucks for a water slide. Oh, I love it. I love it. You're the best, Todd. You're the best. Yeah, you know what? I, I haven't been out that much. So the, coming here today, I got here like 45 minutes early. I parked up the street and I was going to go say hi to a friend, but he wasn't home. So I parked up the street and just watching cars drive by. Knew I was going to have a great conversation with you, share excitement and uh and especially during the pandemic yeah you appreciate it more so this was a lot of this fun is, dude i'm telling you it, it it ends the way it started there is a short list of comics we would invite to a chicken's funeral and mm -hmm. you were you are number one and leanne said i bet he would deliver a great eulogy for oh. charlotte <laughs> well well you know what that uh, uh that, that oh. you're the best brother that melts I love my you. heart thank you it melts my heart too Thanks for doing this, brother. Thank you. You're welcome. That was fucking great. Oh, I could do outdoor podcasts all fucking day. Wow. That was a lot of fun. Right. That was wow. a blast, man. I got a little teared up. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.